Welcome to another edition of the Metaverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin. This is session number 42. The Metaverse Podcast is made possible by listeners and viewers like you. Help support the show and the creation of more, better content by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast. As a patron, you get early access to the show before anyone else, shoutouts on upcoming episodes, and access to a weekly Google Hangout with me, where you can ask questions about building a game store, creating the podcast, or whatever you like. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Join the Maniverse community by becoming a patron today. Alright guys, welcome to another edition, another roundtable edition of the Maniverse Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and I have with me... In no particular order, it's just the way they appear on my screen. Uh, Wayne Middlestead, he's the owner of Dueling Grounds in Toronto, Canada. Say hi, Wayne. Hey, guys. And I have John Coviello with me, the owner of Little Shop of Magic in Vegas. Viva Vegas, yep, that's us. All right. And uh, today we're talking about the very interesting judges versus wizards lawsuit and uh, what that means for game store owners, for the community, for the whole thing. We're just going to... Start picking that apart. So, so who wants I to start? The only thing I saw was the response to Wizards. And I, I typically don't go down the Reddit thread. Uh, so okay. I don't know if you want to explain more, a little bit more, Thomas, on what you've read so far okay. and what's going on. Okay, sure. So uh, the basic, what's basically happening is that there are four judges in California who have brought a class action lawsuit against Wizards, uh, implying that the wizards and judge program constitutes an employee employer relationship. So they're saying that judges who like uh, judge Grand Prix are part of that or the pro tour or any of the larger events are not being paid appropriately. They're essentially saying that they are employees which means that they have a right to minimum wage and rest breaks and all that stuff that as a judge, a lot of the times they don't get cause they'll work like 12 hours straight with no time to stop or eat. Or, and so they're basically suing for that and they're trying to represent all judges at the same time. That's kind of, that's what the lawsuit is about. And uh, Wizards' response has basically been, Psh, that's not true. Like the, the, their exact words were, this lawsuit has no merit. And I think it's a very uh, particular way to put it because I think they're trying to brush it off and make it seem like it's not relevant. Like that doesn't make sense for them. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's happening. So we're gonna kind of talk about what that means. We're not, we don't, we're not lawyers. We can't really say what's going to happen in the case or what should happen. We can just kind of give our opinion as to what is happening. Right, so we're not judges, right? Like I'm a level zero judge because I run events at my store, but I don't consider okay. myself a judge. So I mean, having judges opinion would be uh, really interesting as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, we're not going to hear a lot from wizards because it is a legal battle. It's, a, it's I think the response actually uh, tells us, you know, what they're not saying is telling us how uh, um, problematic this may be, how big of a deal this may actually be. Um, but being careful with it, what they say. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll be interesting to see how this pans out for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's coming down from Hasbro. So they have a major legal team. Obviously, they're like, don't say anything, you know, just brush it off. This yeah. is the way a large corporation usually handles a lawsuit, right? Just, no, this is... 
And more often than not, those cases get settled out of court. We might not ever know what the settlement is, what's going on, and all that good stuff. But uh, so there's some couple interesting points, right? And it's good that we have Wing and and me because there's different laws. Hasbro Wizards, they're an international company, right? So mm-hmm. what might apply here in the United States does not apply in Canada or in Europe, et cetera, et cetera, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Somehow not surprised that the lawsuit is coming out of California, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely one of the ones that seems to have one of the most litigious amount of, of lawsuits and things like that going on. However, yeah. not to mention the country, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the so, yeah. United States uh, is known for everybody suing everybody. It's kind of crazy yeah. from our well, perspective. But. True, right? Um, but you have to understand in, in the States, we have different laws even just moving across state borders. So while yeah. something may apply in California, there may be different uh, labor laws in Nevada. When when I moved from Arizona to Nevada, I had to learn a whole new set of, of different things, right? Um, right? So, but but it's interesting because a couple of years ago at GTS, the, they did a, um, a seminar, basically um, one of the large ones, right? And and they brought in a labor law expert. And, and there's an issue here in the United States because. Well, wizards may be brushing this off. The reality is, mm-hmm. as far as the, the IRS is concerned, they really don't recognize the word volunteer for um, private um, private sector um, industries. And there are some exceptions and some things like that. But in general, one of the big problems is, in particular, the judge program, wizards sets certain requirements. Wizards sets that you have to have a level two judge, uh, that level two judge needs to judge X amount of events. Uh, they need to wear their shirt. Right? I mean, there's there's a bunch of different things that start to become more like, hey, you're setting some terms that start to sound like you're an employee here. Um, so brushing it off, that may be legal counsel, and I understand that. Yeah, but. Yeah. I kind of feel like there is some some ground there for the potential of like this blowing up, and and if it does come across as that, in other words, volunteers are in fact employees, right? Your judges are going to be employees. Are the employees of Wizards? Um, are the employees of the store that's running the event, right? And and right now, obviously, the case is to make it for Wizards because who's got the most money at this point? Yeah. Um, and and that's why you go after that. But then at that point. If that's the case, and I'm a tournament organizer for, say, Fantasy Flight Games, and I'm running one of their X-Wing tournaments, am I an employee of Fantasy Flight Games? Am I entitled to minimum wage compensation? And, and the real sticking point here and the danger is going to be IRS. Uh, they're hungry. They like money. And when, when you talk about it's an employee, now you're looking at, well, that's taxable income. That's money to the IRS. That's W-9s, that, all that good stuff. And it should also be noted, though, that all these judges, I don't know how it, how it works in Canada, but here they have to sign an agreement that they say they're not employees, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, they do have to sign that. The catch with a contract, though, is if it's deemed illegal, the contract is null and void and it goes out the door, right? I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. So a lot of it will depend on com- what comes out of this court. Um, Wayne, how's, what's the situation like in Canada? Well, um, I mean, I, I, I'm not too familiar with with law but I mean the first question I had was did these judges sign any government forms that you have to sign when you're hired by somebody I mean when you hire somebody you have to fill out you have to put in your your social insurance insurance number I don't know what it's, it's called the same thing in the US but you know you have to give them your information your personal information you have to be on file um, you're registered as an employee um, 
and then all those laws that apply to employees apply. Um, and I know that uh, in Canada there has been some talk about uh, volunteering for companies, but that's generally like apprenticeships in uh, offices and, and any any kind of uh, job. Like you need to apprentice for like a year or something to get in there and basically you're working for free you're volunteering in order to get that experience because um, no one will hire you without the experience um, and I know there's something going on with that I'm not sure uh, exactly but um, that's the only point of contention I've, I've, that's been on my radar up here in Canada I, I don't know what else I can really contribute to that but um, yeah I mean like from my point of view I don't know. <laughs> I honestly That's don't the funny know part, why right? a judge. Right. I don't know why a judge, why somebody who would, who loves magic would want to work 12 plus hours a day um, running, uh, you know, helping run a Grand Prix or whatever. Um, you know, they, they, and these are people who have other jobs, obviously. So they, they have to be doing this for like completely out of the passion of their love for this game because they want to see this community um, they want a healthy community. They they want to be part of it. Um, some of them, I guess, like the the stature. They like you know. Um, it gives them some visibility in the community. You might not be a pro player, but some you're prestige. like a, a level two judge, and so people respect that. Um, so uh, I, you know, it's it's hard to see judges doing this as a job. Um, you know, the, the, the motivation, I mean, I don't, I don't see uh, motivation for doing that as, as employment. So um, I, I just, I guess what I'm saying is, is you know, this is a volunteer uh, position. I, I think going into the, they understand it's a volunteer position and who in their right mind would actually want this as a job. Um, unless, of course, you know, they were properly compensated. And if they were properly compensated, then... Um, there would be probably a lot more judges. Um, or maybe a lot less. Right. Yeah, or, or maybe a lot less. The reverse, right? If, if, well, I think there's also two points because there's a, and I think the lawsuit is really addressing the judges at the higher level, the ones that are at the Grand Prix and the Pro Tours and the big events, the ones yeah. that like Wizards is directly involved with as opposed to sure. like FNMs and stuff, which they're kind of hands off. They're like, yeah, they, they leave it to the tournament organizer to figure it out, right? So there's two different levels, really, and I think the lawsuit is really about the, the professional judge, the ones who judge major events and travel like multiple times a year across the country to do these things. Because yeah. in that kind of scenario, they are like they're they're spending a considerable amount of time doing what they're doing, but they're also investing like their own resources to do it, and that is a lot like what an employee would have to to do for a job. Whereas the the volunteer judge who comes to your FNM or your, you know, your Saturday or Sunday larger event, that is much more of a, a community building kind of role. Not really, it's not a job for them necessarily. It's, it's work, but it's not a job where they expect to really earn a lot of money doing it 40 hours a week, that kind of thing. Right. So uh, the different levels I think is what, uh, what delineates that. But the, the lawsuit, it's also, it's hard for us to talk about it as Canadians because the lawsuit is specifically yeah. addressed for the U S they want to yeah. represent the like 
thousand, the 1400 judges or whatever that are uh, implicated in the class action part of the lawsuit that that's just for the, the United States. So the, uh, the results of the lawsuit, I think are what are of most interest because if it goes either way, things are going to change. If wizards loses and judges are employees, it is possible that, yeah, some judges will be uh, compensated. Like they'll have to pay out whatever they've done for the last four years for the lawsuit. Like all those judges will be, you know, will get their minimum wage or whatever the 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 court rules to be fair. Whatever that massive amount of money is going to be. But going forward, what's Wizards going to do about the judge program? Because part of the uh, part of the lawsuit, one of like one of the last things is uh, they want the the plaintiffs, the, they want wizards to create a not like they want to incorporate a uh, separate entity to manage the judge program that they can yeah. volunteer for. If mm-hmm. because if it's incorporated as a nonprofit, then it's fine. That's one of the stipulations that you can't volunteer for a for profit organization, which is wizards. So it's this weird relationship. But if there is a separate thing, a separate entity that's just the judge program, then that's something that they could kind of continue on with the same sort of program or like the, the same sort of structure that they're doing now. Cause they could just be volunteering mm-hmm. for the judge program. But then in that case, wizards would have far less control over yeah. certification and whether so or not you're they talking about a separate organization that doesn't necessarily benefit wizards directly is running events and there's, they're trying to disprove that correlation between if you run a magic tournament, you'll sell more magic cards, therefore benefiting wizards. I don't know what their intent is. Well, because that's, that's one of the, the, there's six requirements, like when Wayne was talking about the apprenticeship kind of mm-hmm. program, right? there's six, six kind of stringent requirements. And the fourth one here, in, again, we're talking about US here, yeah. right? Um, things will change. But the fourth one is basically that you, you have to prove that the company didn't gain significant benefit by basically having this employee there they didn't make a profit, right? So if they're teaching somebody, it's one thing. They're investing resources and blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. to to train this person and give them a career, et cetera, et cetera. But if, if the, the IRS starts thinking that like, hey, you got free labor and you got a benefit from that, again, that's when they become involved and that's when it becomes a huge, gigantic mess. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I, so back to that judge compensation and, and yeah wanting to be a, a passion-driven kind of thing. And I, and I feel that I'd say the majority of people in this industry are passion-driven, right? Um, but I, I have to be very careful when people come to my store and, and literally I've got an offer a million times. I'll work for product. I'll work for free. I just want to help you succeed. There's legalities there. And, and the reality is they're pretty harsh. And if you get caught in that trap, it's bad. It's, it's fundamental, fundamentally really, really, you can be, paying taxes and penalties all the way to when this person first started sorting comics for you or sorting singles, right? So it, it gets a little dicey. Now, I don't want to bag on the judges, right? I mean, I, I think they actually have a point um, all in all. This is volunteer. This is passion. But, you know, at what point in time do you go, why am I doing this? Some of those hours, some of those requirements are pretty hefty, right? It starts to grind. Uh, especially for level twos, right? Because there's not as many of them. And, mm-hmm. and Wizards is, I mean, we have to have level twos at PPTQs. Not yeah. PPTQs, in my opinion, are kind of like a, a bit of a disaster because and mm-hmm. we used to run PTQs. Yep. But PPTQs in our area, at least I can speak of in Vegas, are very poorly attended. There's like eight to maybe 20 people, okay? 
So really? having a level that's two, interesting. It, mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. I think there's two more stores that opened up in the town, and all of them are doing PPTQs. We try to work with each other. We try to make sure they don't happen on the same weekend, right? I mean, there was a store in town that just did. They gave away a case, a case of magic boosters. They had 17 people attend. Wow. Okay. wow. Like, that's six easy. boxes, okay? Um, anyway, neither here or there. So talking about back to the the judges, at this point, the compensation, at least in my store, is coming from me. Okay, so the judges in this town have a bit, I'm not going to call it a union, but they've organized and they set a series of guidelines that they like to see the stores abide, like buy us lunch, right? That's part of the thing. Um, Give us X amount of product. Um, And and I've worked with some judges that were so strict on that that I couldn't work with them again because I'm like, dude, you're asking for two boxes of magic, for example. I I don't remember the exact thing, so please don't... (laughs) Don't assume that everybody is bad on this one, but we had eight people attend, right? So mm-hmm. it's not wizards paying for these boxes, it's me. Um, we actually put the judge payout on our list of prizes and benefits because the players kind of ask, hey, where's all this money going, right? I yeah, mean, they want to see the math. Right. And it, 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 I've, we've done PTQs in the past. We actually put that math up with the room rental and all that good stuff. My goal with tournaments is not to make money on them. My goal with tournaments is to just improve and keep the community going, right? Um, so that whole compensation thing, it varies on judge to judge. Some people want stuff. I mean, money, et cetera, et cetera. And again, it should be noted that also, again, here in the United States, the IRS can care less about product given out. They, they do want to see money, like minimum wage and taxes and things like that, right? Um, you can't tax a box of magic cards. Yeah. So, so well, you can when you sell it, but yes, you're right. When you give it away for free, it's a different matter. Yeah. So yeah. The real, the real stickler point here is there's different motivations. There might be that awesome, and I've worked with level two judges here in this town that are absolute. They get it. They're like, look, man, if we don't do this, the community doesn't go forward, and it's fine. I'll sacrifice my time, uh, my 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 efforts, right, to make this grow, kind of situation. But again, we're going to look at this in the sense of like when it comes to a government agency that's taxing that work, they consider it work. They want their money, right? So. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this because if it does go in the favor of the judges, it really kind of changes a lot of the equation of our industry, right? And we've sort of flown under this radar for a long time, but now we're growing to the point where there's actual money involved. And that's when you start seeing these kind of things happening, right? Because I mean, before, as big as magic is, when it was just wizards is one thing, now they're owned by Hasbro. That's a completely different ball game as far as how much money you can get from it and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Because fundamentally, these guys had to go find a lawyer. They wanted to fight this battle. And they usually don't fight if you don't think they can win, right? So they're going to have some kind of basis for going, hey, there's some merit to this. And potentially, yes, I can get my lawyer fees out of this, right? So Yeah, so at least one, well, at least one uh, lawyer's office believes that they can win or else they wouldn't have taken on the case. Sure. And Wayne, I don't know how, so when you get judges in your store, what, what happens? Do you compensate them out of your pocket? Do you, do they Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, generally it's, it's, uh, the standard fee is a box or, um, or a hundred dollar store credit, whatever they want. Um, and that's coming from them. I, I ask what, what, what's the standard fee, you know, and they tell me, and you know, uh, judges have been pretty good. You know, if we have a, a, a low attended event, 
they'll say, oh, just give me half a box, you know, yeah. and they don't have to just accept half a box, but they're offering me that because they know I'm taking a hit. Um, so I think that's very nice of them. Um, another thing that sort of popped in my head when we we're talking about this was uh, I, I want to know what the compensation is for the higher level events. Um, because I, I have judge friends on Facebook and, you know, I hear them post, Oh, I hope I get picked for Grand Prix Vegas, for example. Sure. And like, okay, so they have to wait to see if they get picked, who's picking them, what's the compensation, you know, and I'd, I'd love to find out about that. Um, cause I mean, if they're flying out there on their own dime they're paying for their own room, um, why are they like, Oh, I hope they pick me. Do they really want a, an excuse to pay all this money to go on a vacation? Maybe. I don't know. I, 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 that's not. what I would like to know. Probably not. Maybe, yeah, but uh, maybe their flight is covered. Maybe they get a, a discounted rate at least. So it's, it's interesting because we struggle with the same thing, right? I mean, what is fair? What is being paid? Because you're one judge and I won't show up unless you pay me three boxes of magic, buy me lunch, put me up, right? Um, yeah. and we tried to do it. So it's a scale thing. Look, man, if we get eight people showing up, it's this, if we're doing a, a PTQ with 160 people, it's that, um, and we try to lay that groundwork off the bat, but some, some judges are not interested in that. They want, look, if I'm going to spend eight hours, I don't care if it's eight people or, well, okay. So if it's eight people, it's shorter than eight hours, but you get what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. Yeah. They I mean, want a flat minimum wage, right. essentially. Correct. Exactly. Minimum wage, so, but not like and, minimum wage. Right, right. And, and to be honest with you, that's, that's part of the problem. We don't see that from wizards. We don't see, hey, if you're going to be a judge, you're entitled to this. And we see it at our level as far as like, look, um, for pre-releases, we're going to give you X amount of booster packs to give out for free for prizes. Is there a stipulation there that you will only use those booster packs for prizes? We don't see that with judges. Part of it may be because they don't want to get embroiled in this one more layer of like, Hey, Wizards is saying this, right? And that puts you closer to that employee status because now you set yet another, they will be compensated in, in this way. When they don't say it, then it's sort of up to, it's a, it's a Wild West kind of situation. I've seen all kinds of different things. Um, GP Vegas might have an ulterior thing, which is, it's prestigious, right? It's, I think it's the largest. I don't know if it's, last time it was 10,000 people at Cashman Center, right? So it's definitely one of the larger magic tournaments. So to attend in itself and judge there, it's definitely a level of prestige that might lead to something later on. Or some people just want that. They want that feather in the hat to go, I've judged at GP Vegas, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there's a certain number of judges who are trying to go past that level too, right? Because there were level three, level four, level, level five, and like you're the world regional coordinator guy and like you know there are there were other levels in the program and it just seems interesting that why would somebody want to uh, go that far and invest so much time and resources if there wasn't some sort of compensation like sure well I, aren't these the same judges that were uh suspended or something or leaking information or wasn't yeah, there were a couple uh level threes and level twos in the the I thought it was that, that were suspended, but then unsuspended like 30 days later because Wizards backed off on that because people were really upset about the whole thing. Right. And maybe that gave them the momentum or whatever. Maybe. To say, maybe. hey, we can part win against Wizards. And actually, we have these grievances as well and uh, push forward with that. I don't yeah. know. 
But I mean, this is, I think it's just coming to a head, but realistically speaking, like I was saying, it's something that we saw a few years back as, as we were growing to the point where, you know, GTS actually, um, sorry, Gamma brought in somebody to discuss these particular items. And it's kind of funny because a light fixture fell out of the ceiling right at like a pivotal moment that they were laying this bomb that, look, man, the IRS is not going to look at these as volunteers, right? So it was kind of like a very, just epic moment right then and there but yeah we're, we're thinking about it and uh for the most part my events in my store we try to run them pretty much almost always from the employees now there are differences right i mean when you look at is somebody coming into your store setting up a dnd table and they're playing dnd that's a little different than somebody's coming into a tournament where people are being seated he has to take a test he has to keep up with rules um he has to get certified right so there are also has to work a certain number of hours and right. like be able to travel and there's a lot of requirements actually right. when so, you get higher so, up anyways. Will the IRS come in and look at my guy who's coming in um, with his three friends and then a customer happens to also join his group as an employee? Uh, I don't know, probably unlikely. He's there having fun and playing. You know, do I get a benefit of it? That may be a sticking point. You know, maybe, maybe not. Those five guys could come in here. I mean, I got guys could bring in their own coolers of soda, play an RPG for eight hours and never buy anything, right? But showing that to to the IRS may be difficult. Um, I've, I've been in audit, audited twice in my life, both by state data agencies, once in Arizona, uh, once here in, in Nevada. In both cases, the first one, they owed me $30. Um, took him six months to pay me. Um, the other case, they owe me nine hundred and some odd dollars. I'm still waiting um, <laughs> a year or so. But but so That's here's the way it goes, man. Here's here's what came out because specifically one of the things they looked over a lot was employee records, right? Payroll, et cetera, et cetera. Was the right amount being taken out? Um, a little tidbit of fact: I am still paying a interest um, at my part of the interest on the. The, the loan that Nevada took to cover all its unemployment payments from the federal government, right? So they took out a loan. This interest is being spread out across every business in the state of Nevada kind of situation because they didn't have enough money to pay. So hmm. state agencies, government agencies, they're hungry, right? Okay, so uh, the problem was one of the things they noticed was like, I have an employee who is now on my staff, but before he was on my staff, he sold me about $1,000 worth of his terrain that we were going to use for in-store. Okay. So the state um, inspector that was looking at my record going, why did you not pay taxes on this $1,000? And I had to write a, a letter explaining I didn't pay him for services. I paid him for product that I use in the store. And it was very confusing to these people because, like, why are you buying stuff for people to run your business, right? And, and Magic singles are going to be a completely different thing too, right? We require a picture ID. We, we keep copies of those all the invoices, um, you know, there's a lot of legislation that gets in the way of things. It's there for a reason. And my concern would be that as an industry, we tend to kind of like brush it off uh, and, and hopefully it doesn't come back to haunt us 10 years from now where we go, oh, now we have taxes on everything, everybody that's running an event in our store, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah, that sounds pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah. So, but moving forward, let's just say this happens, right? Let's yep. just say this happens. So now, hypothetically, right? Let's. So now, what does it do to the the organized play uh, environment? I think for the most part, things will remain unchanged for ninety five percent of things we run in the stores, right? I mean, 
when when you run Friday Night Magic, people come in. Do you have a judge on staff for Friday Night Magic? Yeah, no. The only the only events we'd have to worry about are the ones that are required to have a certain level judge, um, and that's dictated by Wizards. I mean, they have control over that. They have say over our business by saying, you know, what you have to have this person minimum this person to run your event, um, like the PPTQs, for example. If you want them to be sanctioned, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, no one will come to a PPTQ if it's not sanctioned, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and, that, and that's kind of an a interesting point, too, that, you know, these are, these are uh, you know, this is something we need to follow as, as game store owners. We're a separate business, and we have to follow rules. And these volunteers have to follow um, their rules and our rules. Um, there is a, I thought there was an interesting example on the Reddit. I just wanted to read this um, just to sort of look at the analogy of, of what's going on. I know we're, we're, we're moving on to what the follows could be, but um, I, I still want to talk a little bit about the debate of what's actually going on. So this, this specific example uh, was like, well, let's, let's, instead of magic judges, let's call them lifeguards. Okay. So you uh, imagine Bob. Bob is a certified lifeguard. Bob is known to work in a few swimming areas and centers in the area. Uh, one day they all get a notice from the Red Cross that Bob's no longer a lifeguard and they will face business threatening consequences if they let Bob work as a lifeguard for them. When one of the swimming centers asks what happened, the Red Cross says, oh, he's still perfectly qualified skill-wise, we just want to punish him for some corporate policy violations we're saying he committed. Would you still treat this as just a revoked professional certification? Or would you wonder about the level of control and influence implied by the Red Cross's behavior and the apparent belief that this was something they could just do to Bob? And uh, that's, I thought that was kind of an interesting insight example to it. Um, now someone replies saying the JCC suspended the judges, not wizards. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what JCC means. Yeah, it's yes. like, are you talking about the DCI maybe? Or? I, it's just I think a, it means I, it's the judge, judge program. I think that's what they're referring to. Okay. The separate yeah. entity that's supposed oh. to manage and take care of all the judge stuff. Because there's, like, I've looked into what it what it would take to become a judge. And it's, yeah. it's a complicated process. There's a lot yeah. to it. But then there's also a lot of structure built around. Like, there's a lot of websites. There's a lot of applications that you can use. And as store owners, you can use them to find judges. Like, it's to connect both sides. But it's also for judges to find other opportunities to judge. So, like, and there's an organization. There's a some number of people who basically manage and control this whole thing. And uh, they're the ones who kind of... They're the ones who create the policy that judges are supposed to, to follow. They're also the ones who... Like I guess they work with was it, it's a really weird relationship. Well, I, think I guess that would be the nonprofit entity that they're yeah. on. Right. That's, they that's like the funny have. thing though is that this is the lawsuit <laughs> wants them to make this thing official. I guess right. Like as an incorporation, but it like it technically already exists, and I think that's what Wizards kind of started to do, and that's what their the core of their argument is is that the judges work for this other program. They don't work for us. They all the the certifications, all the suspensions, it all comes from them. We just kind of work with them to make the game better, or whatever their their uh, position is. But uh, but yeah, the 
actual. Yeah, I mean, there, there was even a, a point in the Reddit about that. Like, they've carefully, that Wizards has carefully crafted the relationship with the judge program to try and dodge a lawsuit like this. Because technically, yeah. they don't ban judges. They ban players from sanctioned events. And the judge program prohibits anyone who is currently banned as a player from judging. So maybe there is a technical, you know, law issue there where, oh, it's not us, it's this program. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a shell company or something like that. It's a, it's a yeah. legal loophole, right? At the very least, it's an extra things. layer of separation, right? I mean, it's one more layer you have to go through to get to where the money really is kind of situation. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I think but, they saw it coming. I think most of us see it coming, right? I mean, as far as... The publishers, most of them, when you decide to volunteer, you have to sign some kind of document that says you are not an employee. You don't, you know, yeah. some of them would say you don't even represent us kind of situation, right? Uh, which is which is difficult and understandable. I mean, Wayne, you've been around, was it 16 years? Uh, 13, just about. Okay. I, I was running large events a couple of years before I opened my store, so say 15 years. Sure. So you probably come across varying levels of company representatives, right? I've had volunteers that I'm like, I, I don't want you representing my store or the company you think you're representing. And and I've run across some people that are absolutely stellar and great. Uh, and by all means, I think they should really be be paid for what they do, right? So there's different levels of that. We see it at the retail level. Everybody wants to open a game store and, and some people are business minded and some people are not. So. I don't know. I mean, I think eventually we probably need to get something stepped up. But the reality of the matter is the economics are, are a bit hard to do when you have something like um, GP Vegas. Okay, it's X amount of money. You can afford to have X amount of staff. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of money that goes out with that stuff too, right? Cashman Center, um, which is the big, huge convention center we have here, isn't cheap to rent out, right? Anything in Vegas isn't cheap. Um, but... Um, you have a certain volume, we can do it. Now, spread that across through all these micro events. Let's um, let's say, I don't know, my Wednesday Hero Clicks uh, tournaments, right? I mean, we'll get eight, we'll get 20, you know, but can I pay a judge based on that? Probably not, not without significantly going into um, the prize support and all this other stuff that we do, right? So then th is that event economically feasible? Right. I mean, I really want the Vendermans to, to make people happy and um, get them interested in playing and staying around with the game. But I can't do that at a loss. I just can't. I'll go out of business doing that. Right. I um, think that's the, the major implication if Wizards or if the lawsuit goes against Wizards and judges are now employees. If something like that does happen and basically it moves down the line to the point where game store owners now have to pay judges uh, they have to count them as an employee and it goes to wizards and like there's some form of compensation the idea of running an event is a zero sum zero sum game right, right. there's you have to move something right because players mm -hmm. well either that or the player will have to absorb the higher cost so at least uh if the lawsuit does happen it'll most likely impact grand prix and above that's where it'll really hit hardest but like grand prix are already getting more expensive right so uh, I think the entry fee for GP Toronto coming up is like $75. What if it's 120 or something? Because now they have to pay all their judges a certain amount of money. Like, the, mm. you know, the, the cost of the event goes way up. And then, of yeah. course, the organizer is going to pass it on. Sure. But at FNM, there's no margin. 
right? There's no no leeway to really be like, oh, I'm, I have to pay my judge. So now instead of three dollars or four dollars, it's now. But, but taking this taking this down to like a more local uh, event, like Friday Night Magic's and, and game days and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there are a lot of game stores that their employees are judges, so they've got it covered. They're like they're mm-hmm. actually paying them. Um, and I don't know actually in that case if they give them a box on top of that for running the event, you know, or maybe they just, well, you're my employee. So here's the event and you got to run it. You're a judge. Um, my guys get, get their paycheck and they get that sense of pride. <laughs> um, no, I mean, most of my guys, yeah, that's pretty much, they, they, they do it out of passion. Mm-hmm. They also are paid. I mean, they are on staff. And, and again, once we move stores, we're actually going to be spending more payroll time on shifts specifically dedicated to your whole job right now is to run this demo or do this thing because right now they do a variety of things, right? I mean, you pair people, then you go back to answering emails, you go back to receiving merchandise, right? So try that magic is fine, but if you're talking about like we're running a a regional event for Fantasy Flight Games, we'll probably have somebody on staff, their only job is to answer questions and do stuff like that, right? Run the tournament so it's completely isolated, which is, it's interesting because we, we get a lot of comments from the judges. They like to come to our store because we basically run the event for them. Their whole entire job is literally just to answer rules questions, right? They, they, that's what they do. We pair, we, we pass out everything, we seat the players, we take care of all that stuff, which I feel as a tournament organizer, it's my job. Now, the rules lawyer, the, the expert, is the judge. And when it comes to a rule question, that's their position, right? Um, I don't know what these guys do when they go to a GP. I don't know if they're, I know the lower level judges are stuck with moving chairs around and things like that. I've seen that happen before, right? Um, so yeah, they um, are the event staff too. They're not correct, just there yeah. for the questions and the, to facilitate yeah. the rules and all that. They're also there to just manage the room and make sure people are having, well, not a good time necessarily, but flowing everything through and like they're dealing the paperwork, they're doing everything. Yeah, part of that is having a good time, right? I mean, nobody's going to have a good time if they can't find their seat or chairs are not, you know, yeah. So, um, and that might be an extra layer there, right? What is this judge doing? Is he just answering rules questions? Is he just, you know, or is he part of that staff? I mean, this guy is loading chairs. He's, you know, because I've seen both kind of situation. In our store, like I said, when we run, when we used to run PTQs, they don't do them uh, for stores anymore, at least in the U.S. Um, you know, it was literally... The hotel staff or us, we had everything up and running. The only thing the judge needed to do was take care of the players' questions, right? And everything else we got it covered. So. Yeah, and I think that helps. The, uh, the definition is, I think that's one of the, uh, the interesting parts is really defining what the roles are of what it means to be a judge, what it means to be a tournament organizer, and what the relationship is supposed to be. And uh, I think one of the interesting questions is, the, the, the whole lawsuit as it brings up is, what's the... Is it fair? Like, really, is the situation as it stands with what judges are required to do, like, beyond not legal necessarily, but, like, is it fair? Just from my personal, you know, if I was a judge and I was spending so much time, would I be happy with the situation? And I would probably say no. Yeah, Yeah, well, that's what I said at the beginning. Like, I don't get how someone wants to spend over 12 hours busting their ass off, um, getting very little compensation for it. I mean, the they have to be doing it for some other reason. They're, they're, sure. they're passionate about it. They want the, they want the title. They want the, uh, the respect. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think they are, um, compensated properly for those large events where there's, you know, thousands of players. Um, and, uh, I think that does come down to keeping the entry fees, um, 
at a reasonable place. Although, I mean, you know, they are making a lot of money too. I mean, the people who are running the big Grand Prix and, uh, and the pro tours, uh, it's more, I think the Grand Prix are the big, big cash cows. Um, they are making a lot of money. I mean, that's, that's straight up the, that's what's happening. Um, for sure. And maybe they should be giving some of that money to the judges or more compensation and product or whatever, however they, they pay them, um, you know, share the wealth sort of thing. Sure. For all that I know that's happening and that might be why some of these judges really want to be picked for event A, B or C versus some of them may not be happening. It's um, when we went looking for this kind of information to figure out, this is when we started doing PTQs and we started to have to have judges for, you know, a certain certification level, et cetera, et cetera. We had to recruit originally, our judges came from California. We had no level two judges here in town, right? Um, now we do have several, some of them have retired. Um, and uh, so we're facing the opposite problem, which is like so many PPTQs, so many and so little judges that really, I mean, if they want to do it out of the passion of their own heart, there's just not enough of them to run all these events. Um, so I wonder if there's an implosion coming for a lot of these maybe mid-tier events, like the PPTQs and things like that, to where they're just going to kind of go away or be significantly smaller in number, right? Um, to cut back on this sort of requirement. Or we get to a point where it's like, look, a PBDQ, a level one judge is handling because there's X amount of people coming and showing up. Um, mm. You know, the, definitely the, the result of a lawsuit will change that a lot, right? Um, I, I also kind of see a little bit of the struggle of like two different identities. Um, I don't know how much of this directives for wizards comes from Hasbro, right? Hasbro is a toy manufacturer. To them, this whole concept of organized play may be completely alien. I mean, they might not get it. They might not go, look, we're spending a bajillion bucks on doing these tournaments where people are going to buy our magic cards anyway. So let the store handle this and forget about it. We don't run events. We don't do things. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but there's a possibility that there's wizards going, hey, Hasbro, this is important to us, and Hasbro not seeing this, not realizing that it's integral to selling magic, having events, right? Um, so <laughs> if that level of disconnect is, in fact, happening, we see that more, I think, with D&D, right? I mean, the D&D program kind of imploded recently as far as the organized play, and they moved everything back into the households, right? Um, is that a Wizards directive? Is that a Hasbro directive going, look, man, we sell X amount of D&D on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, retailers, who cares? We don't need to be putting money into writing modules for adventures for people to run in their stores, right? Um, that's another possibility, too. I'm not saying that's happening, but sometimes it feels like I'm dealing with, um, with a company that has, like, split personality, right? They want to do stuff, and then they take back, and... Hmm. Yeah, and... Yeah, Wizards is in a tough spot, I would say, because I'm sure the people at Wizards, you know, producing the games that they like and they love and they've worked on for years, want to take it in a certain direction, and that's probably evident before they were purchased by Hasbro, or, you know, the the Pro Tour and all that. That was kind of their ideal, and I'm sure Hasbro was probably, like you said, a little like, why bother? Why would you do this? And to be fair, there's probably an argument to be made that they, Wizards almost doesn't have to do it anymore necessarily. Maybe in the, the early days, 15, 20 years ago, that was kind of a thing. If Wizards didn't do it, no one would do it. But now, think of you know the, the bigger tournament circuits like Star City Games and their open series, right? That didn't exist five or six years ago. Not in its current form anyways, but it, mm-hmm. like, I think there are more players on that circuit than there are necessarily... Maybe, like, maybe it rivals the Grand Prix 
Yeah, I don't, I don't have those numbers. I don't know, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not seen, sure either. But it's definitely the, significant, right? Yeah, we've seen a rise in, in independent um, tournament series, right? I mean, that's that's happened. So I'm guessing if they keep doing it, because well, there's some merit to it. They're either making money on it or they're getting something out of it, one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, Wizard of Mike Shea, you're right. They should be employees. We don't want to handle this. Um, you guys do it and take yeah, care maybe. of it. Maybe we could, if, like, if that's something that happened, if Wizards is now forced to turn them into employees, maybe they'll just divest the whole thing. Say, you know, the, the Grand Prix circuit, we're going to minimize it to just the Pro Tour. That's the only promotional marketing thing as events that we're going to do. And we're just going to let the, uh, the stores kind of take over the tournament scene, basically. It might see a, a real switch, or a real uh, difference in the way things are run and a, a shift towards bigger events like the Star City Games and stuff like that. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. It's, it's a if, waiting game now. And what's we'll, interesting we'll, is if Wizards wins. Right. Like what if the lawsuit just gets thrown out and, you know, Wizards is like, yeah, too bad, judges. Deal with it. Because that'll have implications as well, right? Like, there will be... Like, you can't keep pooping on these people and telling them, no, no, you just have to continue working these hours and I'm not going to pay you anything. Like, People are going to stop doing it eventually. Like, yeah, well, the, the judge community might unionize, um, maybe not an actual union. I don't know the legalities of becoming a union. That would be uh, interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see them pulling together organize. and watching each other's backs. And, uh, and like, what's Wizards going to do if all the judges band together and are like, you know, strike. until you uh, compensate us better, until you treat us better, and so, you know, these are our list of demands. Um, if you don't meet them, you don't have any judges. And what is Wizards going to do? Like, just suddenly there's no, uh, no, uh, no judges to run all their events in, in North America. Like, that would be quite a blow. But, I mean, I, maybe it is easy for Wizards in that case, like you were saying before, to just walk away and go, okay, well, we're not going to have anything to do with running events anymore. And we'll just leave it up to the community to do it. And then... But, you know, is is the community that vibrant and that motivated <laughs> to actually do that? So a lot it's, of what is. It, it's difficult. And I mean, I think even if they cold cut it tomorrow, it would go on for years. It would still be okay for a while. But do I see an erosion, erosion happening? Well, you don't have a centralized kind of like, this is in my best interest to keep this going, right? You start getting that sort of grind thing. I mean, back to that unionizing, we sort of had that a little bit here in this town. Judges got together like, hey, here's our list of what we'd like to get when mm-hmm. we come to a tournament, right? Which in a way was great because they also organized things like, hey, let's coordinate with the stores to make sure that we have a judge. They know that day is out because all our judges can't make it, right? So so there's definitely some benefits to that. Um, again, some of the more demanding judges are a core fit for certain organizations, so they don't get a lot of work, right? I'm like, look, I want to work with this person, not with this one, because this one gets it. If we got eight people, we're going to get paid this much. If we got a hundred people, you're going to get paid this much, right? Um, but what we've seen, though, is that even with this, even with like some sort of like, you're going to get boxes, you're going to get, it's become harder for these judges, uh, at least in this town, when I see that, what I've seen is that as they've grown up, they've gotten a real job. They've gotten a promotion. Um, one of them went to work for Fantasy Flight Games, right? I mean, it's real life at a certain point in time becomes the, the sort of soul crusher, the passion, the hobby, because you have responsibility. You have a kid. 
can you really afford to be on the traveling circuit to go to GP, A, B, and C when you just had a newborn, right? Thomas, didn't you have a kid recently, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're good. It, so if it is a job, this is what I do, this is how I put bread on the table, it's one thing. But when it's a passion thing, it is susceptible to these kind of like life gets in my way, I have to pick, and the job will obviously come first, whatever your real, I shouldn't say real, but your primary job is, right? I mean, because this is still work. I mean, I don't want to dismiss it. Um, so we've seen that erosion. We're down to a few level two judges here, right? And so if Wizards just says, well, we're done with this, and the community will take care of it, or Wizards get wins and says, forget about it, you guys are going to have to work for peanuts. It might just be that it doesn't even need to be a strike, it doesn't even need to be anything. People eventually go, I'm not doing this for this, and I'm out. And, and there's going to be a lot of players that side with the judges and be like, well, I'm not going to go to the events if they're going to treat the judges so poorly. So there's there could be all kinds of backlashes uh, in the community. Um, I mean, you just look at the Reddit debate and there's like, you know, there's people arguing both sides vigorously. So I mean, there's a lot of uh, a yeah. lot of people involved in this. And Wizards is treating it pretty seriously. Like if it was just a, a frivolous lawsuit, if it was just something that they didn't really care about or they didn't actually think it was serious, they wouldn't have posted the press release saying, oh, it's it's a doesn't have any merit. They would have just ignored it. Because like if they've had lawsuits before that just, well, whatever. You know, it's just yeah. part of doing the business, right? But this one, they're like, this one's they're addressing and they're trying to convince the community that they're on the right side. So they're trying to manage the whole, uh, the PR. And I'm sure, you know, wizards or Hasbro has already anticipated something like this and things are set up yeah. in a way, uh, that this shouldn't get any traction, but this will test that, you know, they've yeah. got, they, they've had this set up in a way where this is how it works. And um, I'm sure the lawyers are all saying, yeah, this is all good. This is all good. And well, now this is the real test. Now that all everything, how they have it all set up uh, is going to be tested. Um, although more likely it is going to be settled out of court. If, yeah, most if, likely. If most there's likely. any it's not gonna... action to it. And, and, and real then, you know, they might, they might settle out of court and then, you know, to try and make peace and repair any bad PR or whatever. Um, go, you know, we, we take uh, this feedback to heart. We, we listen to the judges and, um, you know, we, uh, we are going to make a few changes and here they are. And they'll probably tweak a few things so that next time there's no way any kind of legal action could, could be uh, used against them. And, they, you know, we'll give a little, a few little perks maybe to the judges and then that'll be it. I mean, that'd be, that'd be a nice uh, conclusion to it all. Yeah, it'd be great if both parties could be happy with whatever the situation is. If we could figure out a solution, whatever, you know, maybe not us three figure out a solution, but like if they could work something out where everyone's kind of satisfied, that would be obviously optimal. Yeah, because I mean, there's obviously judges do have beefs like with what's going on. They're like these, yeah, these judges. Grief they're, these are not the only judges that have a problem. These are the only, these are just the three judges who are willing to go public and yeah. take the stand. And behind those three are there like three hundred you know, 3000 across the world, who knows? Um, but we'll, you know, hopefully even if they don't win anything, if this doesn't go anywhere, I'm hoping that wizards will hear this and, um, you know, reciprocate somehow to come up with some sort of, uh, additional compensation because they're going to want to keep their judges happy. Really. If they want to keep this, um, these, these events going, this community going, if they want to keep it healthy, they, they want to look like the good guys. Which company doesn't want, especially yeah. a game company, like you want to look like the good guy. So I think they have a lot of motivation to try 
um, to do something for the judges, regardless of the outcome. At least I think that would be the smart move. Yeah, hopefully it'll take the typical corporate response of just, you know, dismissing the whole thing and saying no. Hopefully they do something constructive and try and work with everybody. Yeah, it's, it's an opportunity for them to be the good guy. You know, they're being called out as the bad guy. Oh, hey, no, you know what? We're not that bad. If it's, if it, and, and we, we thought everything was fine. You guys are not bringing this to attention. Uh, you know, I'd like to see, uh, gosh, I see, I don't know if there's any, any consequences for judges stepping forward. Like, it'd be nice if the, uh, the judge community uh, would have a petition or something and they could get on file, like all the judges that are like, you know what, this is what we think should happen. Or, you know, if they have enough signatures um, saying they're not happy and they'd like some improvements, um, you know, maybe that would give them more traction than a lawsuit. Um, yeah, a lawsuit is pretty adversarial. It'd be, it is. Maybe better sure. to just be like, oh, let's discuss it. Let's have a forum and negotiate what's going yes. on with our, you know, situation and things have changed and things have changed in the last five years significantly, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, if you're a part of this list of judges suing <laughs> Wizards of the Coast, Wizards of the Coast is going to take too kindly to that. Uh, but if you are um, a, a judging community and you put together uh, a list of you know thousands of names and say, listen, we just want a few uh, changes that make this to make this easier on us, and we think you know we all agree that these improvements would be good, and and uh, if they approached it. Uh, not as a class action suit, but as a like, you know, we understand we're, we're doing this out of passion. We want to keep the community healthy, uh, but things can improve. And here's a list of things we think will really improve. And here's a list of a thousand plus signatures of judges. And at least that way, a judge wouldn't be like apprehensive about adding their name to the list because they're just asking for something. They're not like suing like they are now. So maybe that's a, a plan B if this doesn't pan out at all. I don't know. Perhaps. There's there's one sort of last thing I kind of wanted to add, which is um, something that we haven't considered so far in this talking about this is is the management of the the end tier, managing the customer's expectations, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we just had an incident last Saturday doing, we've done two league challenges for Pokemon, right? I mean, they're fairly low casual. Think of it as an even lower casual event than Friday Night Magic for Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And at this last one, we had an instance where one of our customers got upset because he wanted the judge and there wasn't a judge. And so sometimes there's a failure to understand on the, the customer level that like not all events require a judge and also the presence of a judge sometimes. And in particular case, this person was being fairly aggressive. He made everybody else feel uncomfortable that was playing, you know, so definitely not this person, right? Because I mean, in order to be a judge, you gotta have a certain personality to go, I'm sorry, dude, you're wrong. I'm going to have to give you a, a, you know, drop you or whatever kind of situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting. And I'm wondering if this will also bring something else to light, which is a reconsideration on some of these uh, customers that like, Hey man, it's still a fun game. You don't need to call a judge during Friday Night Magic every two seconds because that guy forgot to tap or they, you know, self-controlling and, and literally helping each other out with like, this is the way the game works, right? I mean, you really have a question, great, ask the staff. But realistically speaking, most of my guys are awesome because they're really helpful to each other. They really kind of yeah. keep up with the things. And then that re- relieves a lot of the, the work that needs to be done and leave the judges for these big 
events that need it kind of situation. So I don't know if the pressure is coming from downwards up. Like we need judges so that we can run this event, right? I want. I'm not going to do an event unless there's a judge, right? Um, or if, if 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 it's just wizards going, well, we want to have level twos, we want to have level fives, you know, at this event. Yeah. No, that's a good uh, good thought to close on. I think you know, but we we should all work together as the community, the players, the store owners to make it so that judges aren't absolutely necessary except for the really competitive stuff. The, like you said, the FNMs, those are the learning experiences. That's where you're supposed to make mistakes and make friends by helping each other out. So ultimately that's what that kind of experience should be and not really uh, one that requires judgment, essentially. If we can avoid that, that's what we should go for. But uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty good discussion. We didn't really... You know, we can't uh, come up with any concrete. It's still up in the air. Who knows how this thing's going to play out? But it'll be interesting to see what happens, I think, no matter which way it goes. Sure. Right. And we're not lawyers, so all we can do is speculate, right? I mean, yeah. uh, those are the, the, the laws I quoted are things that I know because I have to operate with employees. Um, but by all means, I, like I said, I got audited. They owed me money. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do X and overpaid, right? So don't take this as legal advice. This is just... Yeah. us speculating on what could potentially happen. Sure, but can we all agree that uh, judges deserve a little more compensation, or they they deserve something? I think I think uh, I think they are to some extent taken advantage of. I don't think taking advantage of them is the intent. It's just the reality of how things work right now. Um, but I, you know, I it's hard to be. It's hard to be against the judges because the judges are so important to the community. Um, they put in such long hours, uh, and I really respect what judges do. And um, you know, we wouldn't have half the uh, community we have without them. So I think uh, there's, we definitely owe them something. And uh, sure. if it's within our power, we you know we should compensate them. Um, you know, and, and they they should be happy. I like if if I have a judge uh, working at my store, I want them to be happy. And uh, if they're not happy, I'm not happy. So I think it's just important that we keep our judges happy and listen to them. Sure. And it, it, definitely it would be great to have some kind of standardization, right? Because, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Some judges may be treated like royalty and some judges might be stuck with the raw end of the stick and never get any recognition, any benefit, nothing. Yeah. Just long hours. So uh, it's difficult. I can only speak to the judges I work with right, and what I do. But again, that's not coming from wizards, coming from our stores, right? We're taking care of these people. Yeah. So, yes, I agree with you, Wayne. They definitely deserve something. So. Yeah. Well, we can do our part, right? Indeed. That's as much as we can influence. So, uh, well, it's, you know, thanks for coming on the show, guys. I think uh, this was a good discussion. And uh, listeners want to reach out to, uh, to us and let, them, let us know what you think. I think that would be a start, an, start another discussion because it's more than just... The store owners, it's more than just the judges and wizards. It's going to impact everybody. So sure, if people have, have comments or, make, or have questions or whatever, we could always follow up on another episode. Absolutely. Yeah, say, hey, this person said this about our last discussion. Um, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. All right. Thank you. You guys Easy, have a guys. good afternoon. Talk yeah, to you later. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Okay. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Manaverse Podcast. I want to thank John and Wayne for coming on the show. 
and uh, you may have noticed that Travis was missing. Uh, he wasn't able to make it this week, but he will be out again for the next episode of the Roundtable. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, the Metaverse Podcast is now on YouTube at youtube.com slash Metaverse Saga. Yeah, youtube.com slash Metaverse Saga. So if you want to get a face full of our rugged good lucks, you can check out some of our past episodes there. If you want to help support the creation of more episodes of the Metaverse Podcast, more content, more guests, and all that good stuff, you can go to metaversesaga.com slash support and uh, help us out. Anything you, uh, anything you can do would be much appreciated. And that's where I'm going to end the show. I want to thank you guys for listening, for watching, and I will see you guys next time. <laughs>